uh, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, PA, Pennsylvania. Okay, right on. Um, yeah. What's uh, what, what's what's on your mind? Do you have any problems that uh, you feel uh, are challenging and interesting? Uh, I don't know. I guess I mean the same challenges. I guess and issues everyone faces. Just well, I guess me myself just sometimes feeling like I'm not doing enough. Like, what else can I do to either improve? I mean, to improve within myself emotionally, mentally, and also improve financially. Yeah, for sure. I find that interesting how everybody is like, oh, I'm so busy all the time. time. And uh, I got to be doing more and I'm so busy. And uh, I actually sort of go the other direction. I've been meditating a lot and doing absolutely nothing uh, and stilling my (laughs) mind a little bit. And that's helping me with the anxiety around um, feeling like I'm not doing enough or not being enough. So I guess maybe I I, I should meditate because, I mean, I was doing other things to, you know, alleviate those thoughts. I mean, to reduce those thoughts. But I, I mean, they really weren't reducing the thoughts at all. Or I guess I was I mean, I was following certain things or just doing certain things that I thought would help me. But in reality, they kind of weren't helping me. Hey, um, I'm just wondering, this is a. Uh... I'm Miguel. That I'm here too. Um, <clears throat> is this your first time podcasting like this using uh, Anchor? No, actually, I've. I mean, as you see, it's called Castro Community. What well, I mean, you don't see. I mean, you see the name, but it's called Castro Community because I'm going around my neighborhood here in Philadelphia, and I'm just na- like my first interview was. Well, one of my first interview was uh, interviewing a homeless person. Pretty much that he. I mean, an African-American man, he had been homeless for quite a while and he was just telling me about his pretty much his his struggles and how he came up. His mom pretty much came out the closet when he was 10 and his dad died around that time. And before he died, you know, they were his mom and dad were splitting and he felt like he kind of abandoned his dad and he left his dad and he had so many questions he wanted to ask him. And that kind of messed him up, I guess, as he kind of grew up just seeing his mom having those lesbian experiences. And he also, and right now, currently, I mean, he's still homeless. He's still under a bridge and he's hearing voices. And I asked him, Hey, how could, I mean, how, what can help you? Like, what could we do? And he'd saying, and he just replied by saying that he, I don't, that he wasn't sure because he, he doesn't think he could, you know, keep a job because he's hearing so many voices and he has so many issues and he, he hasn't dealt with that yet. But again, that was, that was one of my first episodes. But I mean, the whole, point of my podcast is to talk to people business specifically spanish and african-american individuals within the philadelphia area whether it be professional or non-professional which i have another interview on here with a, a pretty much a teenager i would say that that was as i was interviewing him he was literally hustling and selling the drugs to let's say the people that that i first started to interview Wow, that's heavy. Yeah, I live in a small town in the middle of the country but we're dealing with uh, trauma, trauma-based issues in the, in the school community. There's a lot of meth and there's a lot of issues facing these young kids in our, in our school system. And so my wife and I have been engaging with that and learning a lot. And one of the core things is that everybody has trauma. And even though some of us have more heavy-duty trauma, um it's all relative 
And, you know, the courage it requires to take a look at that pain, to look at uh, abandonment or drug issues or sexual abuse is what's required for healing. But how you do that is very interesting. And a lot of it has to do with not feeling alone. So I think the fact that you just interviewed that guy and listened to that guy under the bridge uh, was a, a healing process. Because, you know, a lot of these people, even though everybody has trauma, we all feel like we're alone with that trauma. And so to be able to listen and hear and connect with other people who share similar issues is, and, and to be done in a kind of loving and healing and patient way is really probably one of the most healing things we can do as humans. Yeah, because when was the last time that he, that he spoke about his his um his story that was powerful for him and that was good for you for being able to give him that outlet. And as you know, you know, they say that everything from um, talking about your issues sometimes, you writing them down, all those things help. So that was therapeutic. So you, you are doing, you are making a difference. Really. Well, well, it actually, actually it wasn't just me by myself. I actually had another friend, which he, his circumstances were, pretty similar to the actually to the homeless guy because they both had siblings and for the homeless guy his siblings were you know better off they were successful and for the guy that was with me his name was joe his pretty much he was the one that was kind of going the, the the successful route like he's going to college and his sister still like still living that street life which his i mean his and, and, and like i said it, it was similar because his mom was also a lesbian pretty much and but his his mom recently died probably like i would say like a couple months ago she died and they it, i guess it was the opposite the the homeless person's dad had died well when he was 10 and my friend's mother had died recently so in that kind of way they were able to connect i mean just just having that similarity right there yeah that's great i uh one of the things that that I had to do to be able to see these things, and my, my issues on the surface are, are really not that important. Not, they're really not that great. I grew up, uh, you know, fairly privileged in a pretty pretty nice home, but my my mother left me with my godmother for six months when I was uh, seven years old, and uh, even though that's, you know, it was a it wasn't a bad situation. Uh, I had to be able to look at that clearly and in the process, you know, just recognize where my mother was at, recognize that it wasn't, there was forgiveness that needed to take place. Otherwise I'd be carrying something around um, that ultimately uh, was a flavor of, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Not neglect, but um, abandonment. And okay. Uh, it's in it, and, and truth to be told, I, I grew up in a very loving situation, but that doesn't mean that that wasn't influencing my life and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and my wife in particular, like the way that I was constantly trying to get attention from my wife and women and getting myself into uh, situations that I didn't want to be in. Um, and now uh, I've been sober for three years and I'm able to see these things for what they are and communicate to people uh, in a way um, that actually is, is helpful to me and, I, and I'm more helpful to others. It's funny that you say that. Uh, well, sober, I guess, is the last word that kind of stuck. Because, I mean, I, I have issues myself. And like you said, I was chasing girls. 
and I was kind of chasing drugs through a certain point and neither of them were kind of, you know, satisfying me, which just to tell you, I guess a brief, a little bit about myself when pretty much I had some traumatic sexual experiences when I was probably like what, three or four or somewhere around that age. I just can't pinpoint it to the specific, the specific uh, time. But after that, I was so traumatized that every girl I dreamed about had a penis in my dream, pretty much like if, I was going to do have intercourse or do something sex, physical, sexual, every woman, every girl in my dream had a penis, which I had, like I said, I had, I mean, I laugh about it now, but I had those dreams for years and years. And I mean, I never put two and two together as to why I had, you know, I continued to have those dreams, but I mean, obviously it was too because of the experience I had when I was younger or the traumatic experience I had when I was younger. And then, I mean, as I became older, my mom was always kind of working and busy. Dad, you know, I really never knew my dad. And I, I, I mean, I guess that's where the that feeling of loneliness came from. Just pretty much having that and other issues that happened through the years as well, man. But yeah, thanks, I guess, to kind of this anchor, I would say. I've been self how, well, uh, self-medicating, I guess, through through these conversations with other people. So can you think of the time when you maybe something, what was going on in your life around the time when you stopped having those dreams? I'm just trying to get, see if you can get at where, where things changed and where you started to see things clearly or maybe not, or maybe if you can find a moment in time when, when those went away. Actually, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not even sure. To to be honest with you, I I just knew I had those dreams for years and years, and thankfully, I I haven't I haven't had any of those type of dreams. I don't know. Like I don't know. I really don't remember when they stopped stopped happening. I just remember they would. It just happened all the time. Yeah. At some point, you dealt with something, and something you know, corrected inside so that you stopped having them. But for a while, you carried that around because, that, I mean, that's real trauma uh, for sure, you know. Uh, uh, me, personally, I'm surprised. I didn't, you know, I, I had to live, uh, like, for, like, a year with him. My, uh, my mother left me back in Peru, and I had to live with an alcoholic grandfather. And, uh, you know, I can't even go into the details of those stories, but they were bad. I mean, I felt like horrible stuff man you know the, the guy was just violent when he come home, come home. <laughs> you know? but like, i mean that we laugh about it now but i mean it's i'm pretty sure tons of people are still either going through that or uh it's happening well worldwide i guess i i don't know yeah there's so there's a um for our listeners out there there's a thing called the ace exam which is called the Adverse Conditions Exam. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it was actually a, a scientific study put up by Kaiser Permanente asking essentially the 10 toughest questions you could ask anybody. You know, did you have uh, divorce in your family? Did you have sexual abuse? Was there alcoholism? Was there incarceration? Um, anything that might have caused trauma in your youth. And what they found was uh, incredible how many people scored a four and above, which means they answered yes to one of those 10 questions. Wow. Uh, so what, what, that, what that study reveals is that we are not alone and that uh, everybody is dealing with versions of, of, of trauma. And, and that, frankly, our superpower is uh, inside our trauma. 
if we can get and heal ourselves in relationship to that, then we then have the capacity to heal others in that same way. So uh, I guess I call upon all of us to be very courageous about these, uh, these dark parts inside of us so that we can go into it, uh, we can deal with it. And this is, this is part of the hero's journey. If you remember uh, Luke Skywalker, when he went inside the cave with Yoda to face his fears, yeah. Uh, this is what he had to do in order to come out a Jedi. And, <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah. like that. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I guess. Well, I would I'll be the first to admit that I have not yet dealt with all of my issues, and I still have a lot of the issues that I did two years ago, three years ago, and I mean now, I guess since I've started this whole journey within a month. Um, I mean, I'm feeling better and I'm like, I want to be outside more. I don't want to be inside the house. I, I just want to go out. I want to talk to people. I would just want to do things. I just want to be productive and help others in, in some way. Well, I think you're, you're spot on. I mean, one, I think there's a couple of things that we can all do. And one is service work. It's basically doing things for others. When we do that, we help ourselves. So it's, it's, it's just really a very healthy thing. And, and to think of, to ourselves, how can I be of service or how can I make this situation better or how can I help this person? If we're constantly reminding ourselves of that, our self-esteem will grow. And uh, in addition, uh, personally, like I said, um, in order to, to have the courage and stand on two feet and to get into that place, I needed clarity and I needed, I needed a, a center a center. Uh, and when I was drinking and smoking and doing all that stuff, I didn't have that center. Um, and then to add to this sobriety, I also added this meditation practice. And I can tell you uh, that I'm feeling really balanced and strong and, and, and clear. I mean, I, I guess that's the next step that I'll have to take. I'll have to start. Uh, I'll have to start meditating, which I have before. And I mean, it has helped me, but. But then, like you, I mean, similar to you, I I just went into like marijuana and drinking and women, and I thought that was a better solution. Yeah, it's a good solution for like you know a few weeks. Yes. <laughs> that catches up to you really quick. But I think you're on a good path doing what you're doing right here and having these uh, random but yet like important phone calls uh, or podcasts. <laughs> uh, I'm very surprised at all the stuff that we uncovered. Just yeah, I wish we would have had more time. But... Let's, well, let's wrap it up. So all our listeners out there, thank you very much. And uh, thank you. Um, what, a, what a blessing this, uh, this, this podcast was and what a cool